Have you ever noticed that Jesus never commands his disciples to worship him? He calls them to follow. Jesus never asks them to sign a charter or a constitution. He never asks them to create a creed or to adhere to a certain set of orthodoxy or a list of doctrine. He asks them to follow him. And Jesus will never ask of us what he will not already first have done himself and go for himself. And so he simply invites us to follow him. He wants to lead us and to teach us by his example. He wants us to follow him and so we imitate him. And then we lead others to do the same follow him. It's an invitation. God will not coerce us. He will not mandate us or force himself. If there's nothing inside of us that longs for this, to follow him, if there's no curiosity about how the kingdom of God is breaking through into our worlds, If there's no awareness of our need for God's grace, his mercy, and his forgiveness, we will likely simply ignore this invitation. Jesus invites Simon and Andrew. He invites James and John. And something, we don't know what it is, but something something awakens inside of them, a deep longing Something stirred in them that wants them to follow this rabbi. And just like them, in order to follow Jesus, some things have to be left behind. Change will happen. These four leave behind their livelihood. They leave behind their money-making careers. James and John leave their father behind in the boat. When you and I follow Jesus, we also repent as they did. And repentance here is simply a change of their minds and of their hearts when they follow Jesus. That's why our reading from 1 Corinthians is helpful, although difficult to understand. Just before this passage, Paul reminds husbands once again to love their wives. And yet, he says in our reading, to live as though they had none. So what does he mean? He says that we should live as though we don't have spouses. We should live as though we don't have loss or gain. We should live as though we have no Commerce. We have no dealings and buying and selling. We have no jobs. We should live like that, he says. Because following Jesus means that we don't derive our identity ultimately from those things anymore, just like we do often today. 
where we derive our identity from our relationships, from things, from money, from our work. Now we find our identity in the one we follow, Jesus Christ. Following Jesus changes the way we think about the world. It changes us. It's what the world repentance, word repentance means. And so when we follow Jesus, we no longer are the same kind of spouse. We no longer are the same kind of parent or neighbor to those around us. We're not even the same kind of global citizen of this world. We're no longer tossed to and fro by the wind of this world and by all the ups and downs. We no longer do business as usual, like the world does. We don't work to impress our clients or our bosses, but we rather work to serve others and unto the Lord himself. James and John, Peter and Andrew, their journey begins with humility. When we follow Jesus, we have to admit that we have a lot to learn, all of us do. This makes us teachable, open to where the Lord may lead and teach us. It makes us malleable, where he is the potter and we are the clay and he makes us into the image of himself. It's also humbling, isn't it, that we don't quite know where Jesus is leading us, other than to himself. He doesn't give us a map. He doesn't drop us a GPS pin to let us know our destination. And so to follow him, we must trust his leading. We must fix our eyes upon Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. We know that the good shepherd will lead us to green pasture. He'll lead us to the waters. He'll lead us through the valleys of the shadow of death. And when we follow him, we know that goodness and mercy will follow us, will pursue us all the days of our lives. When Peter and Andrew and James and John follow Jesus, they will observe a great many things. They'll be watching Jesus' every move. They'll hear the words that he teaches. They'll listen to him when he heals and they'll watch. They'll eat the bread and the wine that he blesses. They will see his face set like flint toward Jerusalem. Sadly, they will see him take his cross upon him. And then he will once again invite them to take up our crosses and follow him. The resurrected Jesus will tell them that he goes ahead of them into Galilee. He asks them again to follow him, his lead, into Galilee. They follow him there, and it's there that he commissions them as fishers of people, telling him to go, telling them to go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. And then he ends with a promise, not just for them, but for us, that, yea, 
I am with you always, even to the end of the age. You and I are Christians. Most of us here in this room profess to be Christians. We believe in Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord. That's what we confess in the creed just a few moments from now in the baptism. But scripture reminds us that intellectual assent, in other words, what we believe, isn't as important as who we follow and who we trust. Scripture reminds us that that's not ultimately what God wants from us, our intellectual belief. He wants our hearts. He wants our lives. He wants us to follow him. In fact, James says that even the demons believe right theology, but they also tremble. Mahatma Gandhi observed that we can be good Christians, but poor followers of Jesus. He said, I like the Christ, but I don't very much like Christians, he said. Difficult thing to hear. He said, you Christians are, are too unlike your Christ. To follow Jesus is to imitate Jesus, to become like Jesus. The call is for us to be Christian believers, but also to be followers of Jesus. When we answer Jesus' call to follow him, we begin a lifelong journey of faith where he leads by example. Jesus will lead us away from the things that are passing away. And he'll lead us toward the things that are eternal, his kingdom, which will never come to an end. Our old identities will melt away as we begin to see our lives as a journey. Our new identity in Christ will emerge. Things that used to worry us and preoccupy our minds, things that used to frighten us, will lose their power. Following Jesus changes the way we see the world and it changes us. It transforms the very core of our being. We become okay with not knowing everything. We, be, we become okay with uncertainty because we trust in the one who leads us. In fact, we're excited to be on this journey because we don't know where he is going to lead exactly, but we know that it is to a good place and a better place, a place of deepening, of growth, of maturity and learning. And the more we learn, the more we realize we have to learn. Following Jesus will keep us humble people. This is what the world needs. Humble followers of Jesus. How desperately our world needs that. To encounter this Jesus through our lives, through our following him. We encounter him, Jesus says, 
when we are like him. They will know that they are my disciples by their love for one another, Jesus says. We follow Jesus when we are students of his life, his ministry, his teaching, his miracles. We follow Jesus when we take up our crosses and we leave those old bygones behind. We follow Jesus when we seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, knowing that the same resurrection that was at work in him is at work in us. We follow Jesus when we come here and we come together to hear, to mark, and inwardly digest his word. We follow Jesus when we come to the font and when we come to the table where we receive the bread and the wine of Holy Communion, that body and blood for the forgiveness of all of our sins. He leads us to not mere belief. He leads us to the person, to trust in the person and work of Jesus Christ. We follow Jesus when you and I love one another as he loved us. The more we follow Jesus, the more the things of this world will pale in comparison. The more we will want to know him even more deeply, just as we are profoundly known. The more we'll become like him, and the more we will say, you can have all the rest. Give me Jesus. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.